0: we <laughs> It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. The plan was to get this roster with this new regime. They were not keeping this roster, my friend. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels were not keeping the roster they inherited from Mayock and Gruden and before that. And there were going to be changes, and we told you. Are you with me on that? Excuses die. The record stands.
1: JT the Brick
0: that's it that's all we've been telling you all year if you've been listening they have a plan i'm not saying it's going to work it's going to be a hundred percent but i'm behind the plan the plan is to get it up to speed where it's really good for a long period of time you are what your record is sound off like you got a pair and now jt the man to miss the legend here's jt the brick thanks for coming back everybody hour number two happy opening day major league baseball vegas is a really big baseball town with all the baseball players who have come from here, who live here, Bryce Harper, Greg Maddox, our good friends on the show, all the baseball guests I've had throughout my career. Pete Rose lives here. I always put a text in to Pete. And uh, Reggie Jackson. As I name drop alert, I've been texting back and forth with Reggie, and I got an exclusive interview with him coming up as his, uh, I thought the documentary, if you didn't see it yet, it's on Amazon Prime, Reggie. It just debuted the other night, and I watched it, and I really enjoyed it. It was cool. If you're a baseball fan, I would go watch it. I'd go watch it and learn about the history of Reggie Jackson and what was happening back in his day. A lot of race in it. Uh, Henry Aaron interviews. I mean, there's some good stuff in it if you haven't seen it. Uh, Major League Baseball starting today, and the same thing, some cold weather cities, some weather delays, all of that happening. Aaron Judge hit a home run in his first at-bat, which was really cool to see. That was special to see Aaron Judge hit a home run in his first at-bat for the Yankees, which is hard to do after he led the league last year. The Padres take on the Rockies tonight, which is a big deal. By the way, that Yankee game's a final, 5 nothing. And that Giants lineup is one of the worst lineups I've ever seen him put out, pre-Willie Mays, Willie McCovey. Good luck with that team. And how about this for a score underway? And, again, I know it's just the first game of the year here, but uh, the Orioles over the Red Sox at Fenway, Bobby, 8-2. to two. Bobby can't be feeling good about that one. Ooh, ooh, that's a rough score to see right out of the gate. And Vinny Bonsignor, is he ready? Good. Vinny loves baseball. Vinny? Uh, Good to talk to you, my friend. Good to see you earlier today in studio. Uh, Before we get to the Raiders, give me your background as a kid, as a baseball fan, some of your earliest memories going to the ballpark.
1: Wow. Um, Shea Stadium uh, with my dad um, way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then uh, growing up in, in Southern California, absolutely. Uh, Dodger Stadium. I wasn't a big Dodger fan. I'm a Met fan. Um, and uh, bad news on Justin Verlander today no. No. Out for uh, a little while. Hopefully I keep my fingers crossed on, on, on Verlander. But yeah, I mean, baseball was a huge part uh, growing up. Um, and I still remember, you know, summer days. JT uh, anticipating the All-Star Game in, in, in July, the Midsummer uh, you know, Classic, the Summer Classic. I mean, that was like a big event in, yeah. our, in, in our childhood, uh, the World Series without question. But an opening day, uh, for sure. It, it wasn't always easy. It hasn't always been easy being a Met fan. But every year, they drag me back in, and I love it.
2: No
0: doubt about it. So, Vinny, uh, seeing all the content that you put out in Q and Eddie Pascal back here and everybody was involved with the owners meeting what was different? I want to know about the tone of it, because Mark Davis went on a bunch of platforms and talked about, you know, he owns it, the fact that they haven't been winning, and Josh McDaniel said that, you know, got to be accountable for the wins. It seemed like a lot of guys were talking about what's happened in the past, even though there's a new future with the Raiders, where Mark supports Dave Ziggler and Josh McDaniels going forward. So what was the tone from the owner, GM, and head coach perspective out in Phoenix?
1: Yeah, um, everyone's on the same page, um, and, and I think that that, you know, puts the Raiders in a, in a good position uh, to make the right and necessary moves moving forward, and that's really been what the issue has been for so long, uh, is, is is decisions that, that regimes have made on the personnel side. Uh, the Raiders just haven't been able to put together a talented enough team to sustain success, and I know fans are tired of hearing about that. I would be, too. Um, so is Mark Davis. You know, he's he's not happy uh, about that and about what's happened. It's why he's taken ownership of it. You know, some of the hires that he made didn't work out, and that's pretty obvious. Um, you know, in the John Gruden situation, obviously, that came out of nowhere. Uh, the, the, the end in that situation came out of nowhere. Uh, but the bottom line is the bottom line, and they haven't been able to, to win and sustain Uh, winning and that's what they're trying to change and it starts with getting talent that's where as as mark davis said you could talk about coaching you could talk about schemes you could talk about this or about that you have to have the players to start off that's how it has always worked there hasn't been a non-talented team in any sport in the history of sports that have won a championship or sustained success for a long period of time It just doesn't happen like that. And right now, that's where the Raiders need to improve. I think they have, and I think, you know, talking to people in the league, talking to people with the Raiders, I think they have Mm -hmm. enough offensively to be a really competitive football team. Now they have to make sure that the defense improves gradually this year. Um, It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in one draft. Um, but, But continue to build that side of the ball so that at some point, they have a team that on both sides of the ball could play championship-caliber
0: football. Yeah, let's stay on that because I did a show the other day. I said I just want to take calls on the offense, and I'm really optimistic on the offense. Is not much more I could ask for with this receiver room here, and there could be another change or two. Why do you think they were so aggressive at getting the receivers that came in from DeAndre Carter to Cam Sims, especially what we saw with the big move with Philip Dorsett on top of Jacoby Myers. that It seems like this was a plan clearly in place, and they didn't want to go get a $90 million defensive tackle or you know a corner in free agency. They saw a window here for the right price to bring all these guys in.
1: Yeah, and it didn't it certainly didn't break the the bank. It's going to look a little bit different um and you know they 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 now have I think 11 wide receivers uh, on the roster. They'll probably bring about 10 of those guys to training camp. It might look a little bit differently between now and then uh, in terms of the um, you know the, the the makeup of those of those 10 players, but that's what you typically do and, and what the Raiders are trying to do um you know at at every position And the timing can always look a little bit odd. Why are they signing another wide receiver? Because that's kind of who's available right now. There will be other days where it will be a defensive line uh, acquisition or, you know, an offensive line. They'll get to everything that they need to get to to build up uh, the depth and the the population of of each positional group before they get to OTAs and training camp. That will happen. Right now it's been a lot of it on wide receiver. But when you like bringing in a DeAndre Carter, DeAndre Carter uh, had his career high year last year in terms of receptions. But he's also a very capable and dynamic, um, you know, special teams player in the return game. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about your fifth wide receiver or your fourth wide receiver or, or even maybe your sixth wide receiver and guys at the end of the uh, depth chart right now as they head to OTAs and then eventually training camp, what do you bring to the table? How can you help if you're not out there on the field? Can you help on special you – know, uh, in terms of the regular office, can you also help on special teams? If somebody goes down, uh, do they feel comfortable in, in, in slotting you in a, in a more um, you know, volumed role? And I think a guy like DeAndre Carter uh, ha- has shown that. So it's one, everything that they're looking for in terms of all the attributes that, that, that they're seeking – you try to bring as many great players that fit that category as possible and get them into camp and let them compete for the five or six jobs that are going to be open on the on the 53-man roster. And then, all, of course, the practice squad as well.
0: Minnie Bonsignor joins us from Vegas Nation right here on our great flagship. We'll talk about his proud partners coming up here in a minute. So the Anthony Richardson Pro Day, I, I saw you in studio when we looked at a little bit of it. As we discussed this going forward, I like his upside, but I've also seen Jamarcus Russell's upside. I've seen lesser quarterbacks play better. I I know they're kicking the tires on all these quarterbacks, but the rest of the league is very interested because they're sensing the Raiders at 7 wanted to move up to number 1, which was real. Could move up to number 3 or 4, which is real because they have the draft capital. But they got Jimmy Garoppolo. So, Vinny, how do you see them with this pick because they have so many needs on defense a month out from now that taking a quarterback, paying them top dollars even though it's a rookie contract and not swinging big on a defensive player seems to be very risky.
1: Um, It it, it is risky unless you're adamant that that Mm -hmm. quarterback is going to be somebody that's going to pay off for you. Uh, And if you feel compelled that... You know, whoever, you know, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, whoever it is that might fall to you at number seven, not to say that either of those guys will, but let's just say one of the four does and the Raiders are enamored with that player. They're not going to be hesitant whatsoever to take that player and to take that quarterback, even in light of, of signing Jimmy Garoppolo. Is that what's going to happen? I can't sit here and say that. Only they know who they really and truly value at that quarterback position enough to use the seventh pick overall uh on that on that player but i wouldn't rule it out that's the and and, and that's that's the thing you you if they feel that strongly about uh that player they're going to pull the trigger at number seven or they may even actually trade up to go get that player so uh everything is on the table for sure for the raiders if they don't then look at a dynamic defensive player, maybe even an offensive uh, a tackle. There's a couple of really good ones that are in the draft that that slot in that uh, in that number seven pick. So one thing about what they've done in free agency, offensively and defensively, they've created um, a, a comfort level for themselves so that when their pick comes at number seven, and then throughout the draft, they don't have to be desperate in in trying to fill a need. Uh, they feel like they've 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 done pretty well. Uh, in free agency, it's not a perfect team. Nobody's saying that. But but they are at a point where wherever they draft and whenever their selections you know, come about, they don't have to be urgent or desperate. They could take the best player available without having to reach for any kind of a need.
0: Vinny Bonsignor, as we wrap it up. So, Vinny, the cornerback market really jumps out at me. There are two elite corners that could go by, uh, at probably starting at seven or maybe a little bit before. So if the Raiders are really interested in a corner... I don't know how far they can move back. So a lot of Raider fans are calling this show, hey, move back and get the players you want. Well, if you move back, I don't know if you can get these two star corners that are going to be available. How do you see that?
1: Yeah, um, and you're talking about uh, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon and Devon Weatherspoon um, from from Illinois. And, um, you know, again – if they feel compelled at number seven uh, that that one of those in one of those two players enough to pull the trigger, they'll they'll do that. They need a dynamic player in the secondary. It's been far too long uh, since that has happened. I know some Raider fans kind of roll their eyes when they hear about uh, a cornerback being taken that high, but. Uh, you know, they, they'd they feel differently had some of those picks in the past that didn't work out, worked out. Like if you would have gotten a Jalen Ramsey or if you would have gotten a Sauce Gardner, Gardner um, you would be looking at that position a little bit uh, differently in terms of you, using a, a high first-round pick and uh, getting one. So it's really all about who do you draft and who didn't you draft um, in that regard. And I think both of those players profile kind of exactly what the Raiders need. Mm. You know, they're a little bit different, uh, but but they both bring a dynamic athletic ability, uh, coverage ability, um, physicality. I think uh, Witherspoon is a little bit more physical, but that's not to say that Gonzalez isn't. So I think either one of those guys at number seven, or um, if you're reading the tea leaves correctly, if you have enough data on your contemporaries and your colleagues around the league on what they may be thinking right behind you, could you also trade back with the possibility that one or both of those guys will still be available wherever you do trade back? If they feel that there's a comfort level, and that goes regardless of the position, if they feel like they can trade back but still have at least one or two of the guys that they really like um, with that first pick – uh, number seven, um, or, or, or a little bit further back, then I think they'll they'll be aggressive in, in at least looking at that possibility.
0: Vinny Bonsignor. Uh Vinny, on a na- I like to talk national with you as much as local with the Raiders, and I just uh, the Lamar Jackson thing is intriguing to me because I know why he's not getting the lower offers because he knows if he gets it, that could be tagged. And Baltimore would just tag him at that lower price and take him. I get that. But I'm starting to see, and I talked to Mike Florio about it the other day, that this feels more like a trade instead of giving a qualifying offer for two first rounds where you know we could get right up to the draft or after that, and teams could be thinking about just doing a flat-out trade with Baltimore if it turns out Lamar is just really unhappy. He doesn't want to play on that franchise tag. Where do you think the story is going as you talk to your peers?
1: Yeah, and, and there's, here's the thing, um, there, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of layers to Lamar Jackson, and uh, you know, doing some poking around at the NFL uh, owners' meetings in Arizona this week, there's, there's, you know, there's number one, what are his contract demands? We just saw Jeremy Fowler put out that uh, he doesn't want a fully guaranteed contract, but he wants the portion of his guarantee to be more than Deshaun Watson, so you're talking about over $230 million. Nobody's going to do that, so number one, that's a concern. Uh, number two, uh, you look at the style of play and how that changes your offense. You're, you know, Lamar Jackson, as great as he is, and he's fantastic. You're going to have to make a lot of changes offensively to kind of fit what the style of play that he brings to the table. You're also going to have to probably think about doing that with your backup quarterback. You, you're you're probably going to want somebody that does some similar things to Lamar Jackson as your, as your uh, backup. So there's that. Then there's the durability factor. He hasn't, you know, uh, l- last year he wasn't able to finish the season. He's, he's had some injuries now uh, the last couple of years. That's a factor. Then you look at the playoff numbers, which it's not just the wins and losses. He's played bad in the playoffs. Like, there's some glaring, like, whoa, you know, the, the passing percentage has gone down. The interceptions are up. The touchdowns are – so there's, there's that. You know, there, that's a lot of different things that – you have to sign off on and be okay with, even one or two of those things is, hmm, you know that's a little bit cause for some hesitancy, but all, you put them all together, and then the fact of if it's not a full trade by the Baltimore Ravens, and if you do go down this path with Lamar Jackson and you do come to terms with some sort or of, you know to come to an agreement uh, on a on an offer sheet, the Baltimore Ravens literally have the final say in that matter. they can just mm-hmm. say. Okay, thank you. Thank you for doing our work for you, uh, for us. Uh, we're just gonna match it and he's gonna remain here, uh, w- with the Ravens. And I know that Lamar has said what he's said and done all that, uh, but, but when it, when it finally comes down to it, does that mean that he's literally not gonna play? If he does get an offer sheet from somebody else, he does bring that to the Baltimore Ravens and the Baltimore Ravens max, or, or match it is he not going to play under those terms? It would be hard for me to believe that he wouldn't. So there's a lot of different factors with Lamar Jackson above and beyond just, Mm -hmm. oh, he's available, and this is what it'll take uh, to get him. So um, it's complicated. I I think that he's doing himself a a disservice. He needs to go out and get an agent to get uh, their arms around their side of things and be able to present a better case for himself, um, even with taking that to, to other teams. Because right now, It just seems like some. it's really been oddly handled and I think wrongly handled on his part.
0: Vinny, last one. The Commanders, the NFL's reporting there are two $6 billion offers, one with Magic Johnson as a minority owner there. I always think Snyder's up to more shenanigans. He could be stalling. He might not like one of the offers, all this. Are you sensing from being at the owners' meetings that the owners want him out and this deal is for real and there's going to be a buyer there and we can move on from the Daniel Snyder era that did have an adverse effect on the Raiders when it came to the emails that forced the John Gruden retirement?
1: Yeah, uh, I think that the NFL, um, you know, they can't wait to move on from this. It's going to... It, it, you know these are complicated deals, and there's a lot of vetting that has to go on, and you know, people have to show their money and um, it's going to still take some time but and they did get a uh, an update. The owners did get an update uh, on what's going on uh, but but you know and then you, like you just mentioned, there is a little bit of a wild card in there because you never know what Daniel Schneider might be up to. And, um, and, and that's one of the reasons why they want to move on from his, him as quickly as possible because he's just sort of that wired that way. Uh, but, but I'm hopeful that there's going to be a, re- a resolution fairly soon, and I know the NFL uh, in large uh, wants that to happen to ASAP.
0: Thank you, Vinny. T- let's talk about your partners who help us all be on the radio here at Lotus Broadcasting.
1: Yeah, and uh, some good news with uh, Dos Caras uh, Tequila. Um, uh, uh, they are now, if you're, if you're interested in and you're local, they're over at uh, Los Primos Liquor Stores on at 3488 uh, three, eight East Sahara Avenue and Fiesta Mexicana Restaurant. Those are two new spots uh, that uh, Dos Caras is in, and uh, it's growing by the day, and, and we are very thankful for them.
0: Thank you, Vinny. Talk to you soon. Good seeing you today. You too, man. Bye-bye. Vinny Bonsignor. are appreciate Vinny coming in here. He's kind with his time. He just came off the owner's meeting. I just bumped into Q uh, before he's coming up. He did a great job at the owner's meeting, not only bringing our station there and getting a lot of content. He uh, has a lot of exclusive content that you can only hear on his show. So great job by all those guys. And I think it's a big deal. In the offseason, there's always a huge story. And the NFL wants to move on from Daniel Snyder. He is a black guy for this league. And the $6 billion price number is very unique to me being here in Las Vegas because I know all the numbers behind the scenes of what the Raiders were worth under Mr. Davis, Al Davis, what they're worth now under Mark, why Mark brought the team here politically, what was happening in Oakland. And Mark wants his legacy to be one thing, winning. And again, if you don't believe that, I don't care, okay? I I talk to him. His legacy is he wants to win Super Bowls, and it pains him when he doesn't. He really does. You don't see him out partying and celebrating. He won a championship with his basketball team. He wants to win for you the Raider Nation. But the price of this franchise, oh, my God. What's this thing? If the If the commanders sell in the district, and you could say, well, East Coast in the district, Virginia, Maryland, what are they worth? You know, They don't have more Super Bowls than the Raiders. The Raiders' history, history of Hall of Famers playing in the greatest games, Having the greatest players is bigger than the Redskins now commanders, but it's close. They're in the same ballpark, these two. And, again, I'm an East Coast guy. I wouldn't move to D.C. if the last radio job in the world. If there was no more radio job in the world, then they said, JT, we'll pay you a million bucks, but you got to live in D.C. No. Okay, so what are, what are the Raiders going to be worth? If this sale goes for $6 billion with a B, what are the Raiders with Allegiant Stadium in, a, in the entertainment and sports capital of the world going to be worth in five years? Eight. eight. You say eight? Okay. You know, Lindsay says ten. Okay. I mean, that's real numbers. Real numbers. And I still bump into idiots that say, well, Mark Davis can't afford this. Oh, really? Okay. You know Mark. Mark can't afford what? He can't afford what? Players? No, he got the best players in the league. Devontae Adams, no problem at all. What can he afford? And, and people just take shots for no reason. Anyone who owns an NFL team, you don't have to own the whole team. You can have minority partners. Mark has minority partners. I'm happy that the franchises are going up. I just want Snyder out. Get him out. He did a couple of people that I know, real dirty. Real dirty. And I'm loyal to my friends. You do my friends dirty, you're out of here. And Snyder's pretty close to getting out of here. And he's going to be happy because he wants that number. When the NFL kicks him out and he sells the team and he flies off on his private jet, he's going to be telling the owners behind him, well, I got $6 billion, So I don't care what you think of me. And that's good for him because he's a little Napoleon and he wants that money and he wants to be known for that. And that will be part of his legacy, that he took that brand and almost ruined it but still got $6 billion out of it. 702 365 9,200. Normally, when I have Sean Merriman on, it's very contentious. He doesn't like the Raiders, but he loves going to Allegiant Stadium when I see him there. Uh, His MMA business that he has, all of his apparel company, and he likes to take a shot at the Raiders because he knows I've been taking shots at the Chargers forever, right? But we're not going to have that conversation here. I like this guy a lot. He's really good on the radio. Sean's going to come on, and we're going to talk to him about his worth when he was a football player And what the worth is now of these players today. And especially why Lamar Jackson isn't getting a respectable offer. I think it's going to be a very good conversation. It usually is when he comes on. And I'd like to talk to you before the top of the hour. The big topic today was Anthony Richardson. And the fact that he had his big day today in his pro workout. Do you want him as the quarterback? Call your shot now. We're within a month of the draft. Thumb up or thumb down on Anthony Richardson. If the Raiders got to wait for him, I don't think he'll be there, but they can trade up to get him. Is this the quarterback you want to park behind Jimmy G? Let us know. Today's the national day for him. He had his pro day. People are listening to the Raider flagship nationally. They know we're talking about that. Brought to you by Modelo. Oh, say hello. Steve Gomez and our partners at Modelo. What a job they do for us. They're they're one of our greatest sponsors here. I got a meeting with Modelo and the Black Hole right after the show. How about that? Got a 215 meeting with Modello and the black hole. That's some good business. That's what I'm talking about as we continue on. Modello with the fighting spirit, proud partner of our show. Wow, look at Dave Ziegler. He's on NFL Live. They're quoting him. If it doesn't change our philosophy at all, if we have an opportunity to draft a young quarterback that we think is potentially the starter, I think we would. That's on the big ESPN, NFL Live. What will the Raiders do at number seven? Will it be quarterback or not? We'll keep it here on the flagship to find out in a month.
3: What pissed me off is when Kirk Cousins got his fully guaranteed deal, I thought
1: all the quarterbacks from then on were going to be like, hey, if it ain't guaranteed, I ain't taking it. Then Mahomes took that BS deal in just 10 years and wanted it to look like half a million. Like, But if you get a half of that, fully guaranteed, everybody's happier. That says President, But when he didn't set it, then Josh Allen didn't set it. Now Lamar's trying to set it after Deshaun's already said it. And they're like,
0: nah. That's Richard Sherman on his podcast on the volume. That's a really good soundbite. You hear what he said? Mahomes took that half a billion dollar deal, but it wasn't all guaranteed. Well, for Mahomes it is. They're not going to tell Mahomes they're not going to pay him. He'll be able to fulfill that contract and be able to do that. But Richard Sherman made a very interesting point. As I've said, and I own this phrase, I said this, that every quarterback who's playing in the league in their backyard should have a statue of Kirk Cousins. Just a mini one, a little small like a gnome. And they should go in their backyard and they're out by the pool and they should say, "That's the the neighbors say, what is that? That's my Kirk Cousins statue. Why do you have a Kirk Cousins statue next to the diving board? Because Kirk Cousins got an $84 million guaranteed contract. And once he got it, then he got more guaranteed money. Kirk Cousins was the first player, not Jim Brown, not Jerry Rice, not Walter Payton. Kirk Cousins got the first ever guaranteed contract. When you look at that, you say, well, what a waste that Lamar Jackson can't get now more than Kirk Cousins. Because the league doesn't want to pay those contracts that they've just paid to Deshaun Watson anymore. The owners, remember, they're owners. They own the team. If they could not pay that type of money, they don't want to pay that type of money only if they have to. So that's why Dean Spanos has to pay Justin Herbert $400 million and probably three fifty million is going to be guaranteed. Joe Burrow, one of the cheapest owners I've ever seen is Mike Brown in Cincinnati. He's awful. He doesn't want to pay anybody $300 million. He's going to have to for Joe Burrow. So you start adding up these numbers and looking into all of this and you say to yourself, man, how do I get a player on my team that I don't have to give $300 million to? Well, then you get a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr. You don't have to give Derek Carr $300 million. The Raiders didn't even want to give him the last chunk of money. They did, but they didn't want to. At the end, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler looked at the $40 million that they would have owed him with that injury clause, and they said, we got to bench him because if he ends up playing, we're going to have to give him $40 million, and he might be hurt. He might be out for a year. So that's why they stepped aside from Derek Carr because they didn't want to pay him the next escalator. They didn't want to pay him. And when owners don't want to pay the full boat and they don't want to guarantee it, and a bunch of them don't, then people start talking collusion. Sean Lights Out Merriman, great to talk to him. The three-time Pro Bowler, great football player and kind enough to join us here. I always see him in Vegas. Sean, I saw you tweeting and I appreciate you get back to me. I wanted your comments on Lamar Jackson because I think he's getting treated poorly. I thought he deserved a better qualifying offer by now. How do you see it? Well, it's not that. I think that I think everybody
3: knows his worth, including the organization. It's not that uh, that they don't think he's a great player or he's not worthy of a contract. I just think he's going about it wrong. Um, you know, from my understanding, I, and I have heard from people inside that it, there's been more of a demand and more of a negotiation, um, and also too, if you don't have the right representation. Because, look, the right representation could either get you a deal with the team or it can get you out of there. But either way, you're going to get paid. And so if you don't have the right representation, you're kind of walking down a dark alley with a, with a bigger bully at the end called the, the NFL.
0: So you think a lot of this has to do with the agent because you made good money and you were always pressing for better deals. And when you were frustrated about where your contract was or it was coming up, how did you – and you went, spent a lot of time in the gym, and you got a lot of friends, as I know. How did you walk away and not make it personal knowing your agent was fighting for you behind the scenes?
3: Well, you've got to understand it's a business on both parts. Um, and so the team is always going to do what's best for them, and the player has to do what's best for them. Now, you have to look and see what your options are and see what's on the table. And I think the writing was on the wall when you have four teams coming out in the same week saying they're not interested in Lamar. Now, I don't think we've ever seen that in the history of the game. Somebody of Lamar's stature, his body of work, what he's done in the NFL, his accolades, and you have four teams come out in the same week to say they're not interested. At that point, you should know, okay, something's up, all right? So you have to start looking around to see what am I doing wrong, right? I've done everything I could possibly do on the field. I know that there are some questions about his health and everything else. Well, let me tell you this. I will take a healthy 14 game, uh, 14 game of season, Lamar Jackson, before I would take 90% of these quarterbacks in the National Football League. All right. So, uh, he's, he's done his job on the field. And now he has to do his job in selecting the right representation, which I don't believe, in my opinion, he has right now.
0: Sean Merriman is our guest. So, Sean, the other issue I have here is we know that coming up, where he's landing now after Deshaun Watson, which was a ridiculous contract, but he got it, 240 guaranteed. We know that Burrow and especially the Chargers quarterback, Justin Herbert, could get up to $400 and most of it will be guaranteed. So if Lamar can't get more than one hundred and sixty or 170 guaranteed, knowing that Burrow and Herbert, they're going to start that negotiation almost now. I think that's just going to fuel the fire to anger him even more.
3: Well, he can be angry all he wants. You know, people, if you ask most of these guys, they're t- they'll tell you they're worth a billion dollars, but you're, you're worth what a team will pay you, always. Uh, and so what Lamar needs to do is negotiate the best deal that he can possibly get. Now, I understand, especially at the quarterback position, the market dictates what you're supposed to get. We know Lamar Jackson supposed supposed to get more than Calamari. We know he's supposed to get more than Dak Prescott. It was a unprecedented deal that Deshaun Watson got. That especially with everything he had going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was just that was just, in my opinion, a a, a uh, what what I like to call the freak contracts. So like what what in the hell? How the hell did that happened? Uh, so Lamar Jackson has to really base his. Contract off of Joe Barrow. he has to base his contract off of uh, uh, Justin Herbert, but he also has to base it on, hey, how how much longer do I have to uh, to play at a high level? Who am I going to play at a high level for? And so, look, if you can get yourself a hundred and sixty to one hundred eighty guaranteed on a you know four year deal or something like that, you take that money, man. And, I, and I'm not trying to um, you know guide him. A guy, you know, guys going to do what they want to do and, and do what's best for them. But you have to take what your best available option is. And right now with four teams coming out saying they're not interested in them, they're basically telling you what your options are.
0: Sean Merriman joins us. What a great player. We'll talk about his business coming up with Lights Out 9 in a moment. One of the other things that's bothering me too, Sean, is he's a great elite outside-the-pocket player, I think, at the level, if not higher, with his MVP than Michael Vick and Steve Young. And they were great players too. And he, the strength of his game is running and outside the pocket. And you know he can make every throw. So Arthur Blank and everyone's critical because he's such an elite running quarterback that, that he can get hurt. I get it, but we're not we're not hoping he gets hurt. We're hoping that he can play every game. And the last year, he didn't travel with this team to the playoff game against Cincinnati. He wasn't in a wheelchair. He wasn't in a walking boot. I thought, Sean, that was a really bad look, not to be with his team and be another set of eyes on the sideline that could have helped this quarterback there making adjustments at halftime. I don't think the owner, Steve Bashotti, appreciated that.
3: No, absolutely not. And I know Steve or Shawty, uh, very well, and I've known him for a long time. And, and, by the way, great, great person, great owner. Um And I'm not shocked at how this is playing out. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes that are really not out to the public. But what, what Lamar Jackson has to do in, at this point in time uh, is, is stop making demands and negotiate, right? Um When you go in there and tell them how you want to do things and how it's going to happen and this what you're going to get, the NFL doesn't play ball that way. So what, you ha- what he has to understand is let's look at the options, let's get the right representation, let's see what's on the table, and let's start negotiating because what's going to happen here, um, he's already come out early on this March and said he wanted to be traded. So now the, his value on the market has gone down because most teams know and all teams know that he wants to be gone. So why would they give you know, two firsts and a second or, uh, and, and still have to get hit, give him a mega deal when he already has, has made it public that he wants to go?
0: Sean Merriman, the former NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, three-time Pro Bowler, what a great career he had. Before we get to your upcoming card, one more question here in Vegas with Jimmy Garoppolo. Two Super Bowls, we know he's a backup. He's won four playoff games. He's a really good red zone quarterback. The Niners loved him. Ask Kittle, ask Debo and all of them. They thought he was a real quiet leader. And I have no problem when they say it's a lateral move from Derek Carr, but I think he's a better red zone quarterback. Than Derek Carr, you played defense at a high level in the red zone. You're out here in Vegas. What do you think of the difference between Carr and what we have going forward with Jimmy G here for the Raiders?
3: I think that, that Jimmy G is going to make less mistakes. Um, you know, one thing, and I, and, and I know that Derek Carr got a lot of, of crap, and it was, some of it was unwarranted, but one thing that Derek Carr did do is, is make bad plays in critical times by trying to force it. Um, and he'll will light you up for two or three quarters, and you and you look back and say, "Oh, well, why in the hell did he throw that ball? Or well, why is he, why did he do that?" He'll just play like a completely different person. So that that part of Derek, uh, Derek Carr's game, I know people gave him a lot of slack for. Jimmy G is going to make less mistakes. Um, I don't think he has a better arm than Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. I spent times on the all season. Uh, Derek Carr actually was throwing the ball around my son and, and watching him, Zay Jones, and, and a lot of those guys go out and, and run routes. His arm is incredible. So they're going to miss a little bit of that. But what Jimmy G is really good at is playing mistake-free football. Um, and, and, and when you're playing mistake-free football, especially in the red zone, that's why his, his red zone numbers are a lot better because he's not forcing the ball in there.
0: Tell us about your card Saturday, May 6th, Lights Out 9, live on Fubo. Tell us about this card and how the business is going.
3: Yeah, we got it. Got a huge card in Burbank, California, May, uh, Saturday, May 6th. If you guys are in the area of Southern California, Come check us out. Get your tickets at lightsoutxf.com. And if you can't make it, uh, check us out on FUBO TV. FUBO Sports will be live from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, if you don't have FUBO, get it, man. This will be our biggest card so far.
0: What do you like about building this business as a businessman?
3: Uh, not being the one getting hit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> You know? Uh well, I, you know, I think I think this. Um, you know, I'm a former athlete. I still actually train, and my mind process and thought process is like an athlete. So I like to be around these guys, these men, both men and women. Um, I jump into training camp sometimes just to go get some cardio work. I, I got some work down in San Diego this morning myself, mm-hmm. sparring a little bit. Uh, but more importantly, man, building a brand with lights out, you know, being up, uh, you know, in front of the camera for so long at some of these major networks. Now building my own behind the scenes has been fun for me.
0: And the last one, because I have sons in college studying sports management, as you look at these streaming rights and these streaming partners and TV and all that, what have you learned since you entered the space?
3: Uh, you know, it's live TV is a different animal, man. Uh, you know, I, I look at it now and operate in a business on production, operation side, how I used to show up on, on Sundays and you, you see the cameras flying everywhere and the the cameras on the left and the right and, and it's just the whole production quality you see how much goes into it um and and it's you know being with football man it's, it's been great um our last fight we had january fourteenth broke into the top 10 most watched all time on Fubo sports and that's really because you know people just like our product and 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 the fight and our production
0: excellent good to talk to you my friend hope to see you out here soon good luck with everything you got it thanks for having me you got it sean merriman fantastic Uh, As a businessman and what he's doing with his cards and MMA fighting and all that, it's hard. That's why I asked him, streaming, the dollars coming in, all of that. Man, you got to chase the business. He's an elite athlete. Interesting what he said about Jimmy G compared to Derek Carr, brought to you by the DeCastaverde Law Group. Family is what began and continues to inspire their firm. And after decades of watching... Their father win cases, the brothers, Alex and Orlando de Castaverdi, they picked it up right there. I've been to the law firm. I've seen the people who work behind the scenes, how diligently they work to win for you. 702 222 9999. You see the weather today and the hail? I was talking to Lindsay and Bobby about it here in studio. You don't know how to defensive drive in this town. You don't. You haven't changed your tires in six months. Look at your tires. Look at your tires. And you see everybody plowing into each other, getting on ramps, and trying to beat a light in the hail? And they're going through a yellow light into a red light through a hailstorm in Vegas. That's why accidents happen all the time. And you need a firm that can help you, that will treat you like family. The Decatur Law Group, 702-222-9999. Proud partners of mine right here on Raider Nation Radio. All right, you heard the show. We gave you everything we got. Let's close it out with your opinion. Anthony Richardson at his pro day. Yes or no, Raider Nation? Get off the couch Get going on this. This is either your guy or not. I don't know. I can't read your mind. Is this the quarterback you want parked next to Jimmy G on the whiteboard with Josh McDaniels working out, knowing he's not going to play because Jimmy G's here, or do you say pass? No. I don't want him. I don't think he's worth a top seven pick. He might go top four. Nada. I don't want him. I don't know what you think, but I'll tell you, Dave Ziegler, has been following this guy around a lot. They've been going to dinners, pro days. He's coming out here. And Dave is dotting every I and crossing every T. And they listen to the show in the building. So that's what I want to hear from you. Raider Nation, last call. Let's hear from you 702 365 9200. Anthony Richardson. You can throw in Will Levis. We had a guest there too on that. But I want to know about AR. I like DTR, who played a Gorman. And what the hell's the difference between Anthony Richardson and DTR, played at UCLA, and played at Gorman? They look pretty similar to me.
3: Is it's it been all- both.
4: I've done both. Yeah. Um, Jimmy actually ended up being the backup when he was a rookie. Um, Jarrett Stidham actually was the backup when he was a rookie, you know. Um, so there's an element of that, you know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Matt Castle and I think it was Flutie and Castle were together a little bit. So we had a couple guys there. But it's not It's not one thing, you know what I mean, it, depending on how you go about finding that spot, you um, and who the kid is. It could be a rookie, it could be a veteran. Um, I think the goal though is to try to eventually you know, draft a player at that position that you continue to move forward with and develop. We've done that, I've done that, I've been a part of that, I enjoy doing that. I think it's a really good philosophy to have organizationally so you're not chasing a brand new backup quarterback every year and trying to identify who the best fit is. So. Um, See if we can figure that out in the next month here.
0: That's Josh McDaniels at the owners' meeting. JT, back with you. I mean, they want a quarterback. You can tell they want a young quarterback. The question is, Where are they going to get that young quarterback and how are they going to find that young quarterback going forward? That is always the question. Uh, Canes, chicken fingers. My sons came home. We had a bachelor party for my nephew. Uh, They were Caniacs. They went to Canes. They got it to go. They brought it back. The house still smells like Canes, which I don't have a problem with because they were eating it all. We love Canes, proud partner of the show. So I'm sensing that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels would love to get a quarterback, love Love, love to get a quarterback, and they just don't have the ability to get them early unless they give up everything they worked for, which was to get all these draft picks. And that was unfortunate because they lost a lot of games last year. So would you give up everything to get a backup quarterback? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But look, the Raiders, this is a great organization. Ken Stabler was a third-string quarterback. Jim Plunkett was a third-string quarterback. You all understand this, right? Right. The greatest quarterbacks who won all the Super Bowls for the Raiders, three of them. Stabler won, Plunkett two. Stabler was undefeated at Alabama. Jim Plunkett was the Heisman Trophy winner. He has one of the most beautiful trophy rooms in the history of sports. He's got the Heisman Trophy. He's got the Rose Bowl MVP. He's got the Super Bowl MVP. He was a third string when he came to the Raiders because he was battered and bruised. And all these guys went on to greatness. I'm not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not a third-string quarterback for the Raiders. He's the starter. So let him be the starter. But everybody's scared and nervous. He's going to get hurt. He, you know, I don't know if he's going to get hurt. I hope he doesn't. I'm a season ticket holder. Just got billed again. I went over well at the house, which was nice. Worked for the team. Got my season tickets. My bill came in. It's really good now. They just swiped the credit card. That's good when you want to take a look at your credit card and you're like, wow, well, oh. Oh, that charge came through this month. Okay. I'm a season ticket holder. Okay? I, do, I work out of the press box. I'm a fan. I'm not a journalist. I want them to win. You got people in this town who cover the team, and they do not want them to win. They mocked the team. They didn't want the team to move here. They used to make fun of the team all the time before they came here. They hated the stadium, wink, wink. I'm not one of those guys. I want the team to win. So I want you to be happy. I want you to go to the game and tailgate with me and come to the torch and go, hey, man, we won three in a row instead of we lost three in a row. I've been there on both sides. I want to see them win. And it's going to take time for them to win. But if they have a great draft, not a good draft, a great draft, it could move along pretty quickly. Here's Big Al in San Francisco. What's happening, Big Al? Uh
2: JT, just taking a break and wanted to call in. Um, was listening a little bit you know, via the internet. You know, the, the, uh, there's this is a time of year where there's not really a lot going on and people are talking about free agents in the draft and so forth. And I just look at the Raiders and I just say, I don't, I look at this team and I go, there's been a lot of revamping, a lot of reshuffling, a lot of change, more so than than most other teams in the NFL over the last two uh, Raider administrations, probably even going back 20 years. But they're not that far away if they're able to make the right picks. And it's important uh, for them to, you know, to be able to manage this correctly. Getting a quarterback in the first round is not necessary. They just spent an awful lot of money on a quarterback. What they need to be able to do is you got to protect this quarterback. Mm-hmm. You have to open the holes for this great running back that you know, that we have on this team. We've got to be able to uh, have great pass protection so that we allow our wide receivers and, you know, and new tight ends to get open down the field. We need to have exceptional safety play and cornerback play, so that we can allow our our, our pass rushers, you know Jones and um, and Crosby, to be able to get, you know, to be able to get to the quarterback. That's what we actually need to be able to have. The draft, they're not that far away. You look at the rest of the division, and we all know Kansas City is the world champs, and they're very well coached, and they have some great players. But are we really ten players behind Kansas City? I don't think so. No,
0: I don't either, Big Allen. You're a statistician for a living. You know you know this offense can compete with Kansas City. The defense can't because the structural style of the defense can't stop Mahomes and Kelsey. Isn't the biggest priority in the offseason to stop Travis Kelsey? Wouldn't that be a great priority to get one guy in the organization who could stop Travis Kelsey on than max Crosby? I'd like to see that happen.
2: I would love to see that happen too, but let's remember that Travis Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Fame type player, mm-hmm. and there's 30 other teams in this league that are thinking along the same lines. So, would you like to get a, a safety that can just you know that can stick onto Kelsey from you know from the get go? Kelsey's too smart, he's too elusive, and he's too good. You want to contain him and can, and be able to mm-hmm. and be able to accentuate right. your positives. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, my feeling is: is what do we need most? Let's protect. Let's let let's open up the holes and uh, for Jacobs protect uh, and protect Garoppolo on the offensive side. On the defensive side, how about let's get that that in the, with the, I think it's seven pick number seven. Let's get that safety. Let's get that uh, that outside linebacker who can truly make a difference and can and, and, right. and can cover Kelsey. We don't look to stop him. We look to be able to contain him and force uh, home, gotcha. the home to look another direction.
0: That, thanks a lot, Big. I appreciate it. I agree with you. That's, that's the most unique part of this draft. They need a new tight end. They need a new young quarterback. They need a no, new young safety, and I don't think they can get him. I think they have to go get the, a corner and a defensive tackle first or second, one, two. Once they get a defensive tackle who can start in a corner, I don't care what they do. Go do whatever you want. Just get a corner in the first seven picks and get a defensive tackle in the first 30 picks, and I think the Raiders will hit the ground running, and they'll be more improved than the national media are giving them credit for. Oh, wait till you get to the point when the national media starts mocking the Raiders, thinking they, quote, didn't do enough. That's coming. That's about a month away. All right, thanks to Lindsay in studio today. Really appreciate Bobby. Great job today, everyone behind the scenes. Thanks to all of our guests, Vinny Bonsignor. Sean Lights Out Merriman and Josh Edwards from CBS. Have a great day, everybody. Remember that VGK watch party is coming up here tonight at the SG Bar at the top of 215 in Flamingo.